back, Zen Parenting Radio, 34th installment. My name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. 34, do you know what the number 34 signifies? Walter Payton. Walter Payton. I know that because he's your favorite. You he's talk about him a lot. favorite athlete of all time. I actually shed a tear. I know I talk a lot on the show about how I don't cry. The day Walter Payton died, I cried. Wow. That's a big deal. Sometimes it's easier to cry about people that you don't know. I know. It's not as, uh, it, it's emotional, but it's not as intense. Yeah. Does that the m- intensity is less. Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. Maybe it's safer. Safe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you don't have to go to those deep depths. It's more of a surfacey, you know, I feel bad because he was a good athlete. There's cry. nothing surfacey about Walter, though. <laughs> Sorry, I knew right when yeah, I said that. Yeah, take it easy. Take it easy I on Walter. Freak out on that. Um, we are brought to you by Avid Company Painting, Remodeling, and Additions throughout the Chicagoland area. Avid A V I D C O dot net. Give them a call, 630-956-1800. What are we talking about? We are talking about motherhood, and we are talking about delivering babies. We're talking about natural birth is what we're talking about. We're talking about different types of birthing styles. Okay. I like that. I like that. Because your first birth wasn't natural. I wanted it to be. But you're right, it sure wasn't. And we weren't ready for that. No, we weren't. And that's kind of why this, I think, conversation is going to be kind of fun because we are, uh, we are on the outside looking in at our experience. And I'm sure some people who listen to this show either just had a baby or are planning to have more babies. Um, and it might be interesting, our experience mm-hmm. and what we learned. And who knows? Maybe we can help uh, educate some people. Not necessarily about formal stuff, but just the emotion of it and why we went in the direction we did yeah. and why we didn't go in a certain direction. And and I think it's worth people uh, worth it to stick around and listen because uh, Skylar's childbirth story is worth your time. Yeah, it was and a little she'll, nutty. We'll probably talk about that at the end because she's the third child, so I think it's worth your time to stick around. It has to do with minivans. <laughs> And, and that's and, all you're going to say. Yeah, minivans and a lot of uh, stressful moments. Yes. Well, for you, probably more so than me. Oh, I think you were, You don't think you were stressed? I don't think that's the right word for it. Stress, I was not stressed at all because I was present. You think Skylar was stressed? No, I think she knew exactly what was going on, but you're giving it away. She knew exactly what she was doing, didn't she? She did. She that All babies do. So how, how do we want to, do we want to talk about JC first? Well, let's just talk about, first of all, having a baby and the whole process of you're pregnant and you go into a doctor or a midwife, which we're going to, that's what we ended up using, and you're kind of told how the process is going to go. Right. Um, you know, people are telling you, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen, which is not necessarily a bad thing because people are trying to guide you and teach you. But I think one thing that we have learned now that we're on the outside of it, I can say this for myself, is you actually know, even if you've never had a baby, your body knows exactly what it's supposed to do. Okay. So when you've got a lot of people around you who are professionals and who are fantastic and are only trying to guide you, but I, you know, just right off the bat, I want to say women's bodies, when they are pregnant, know what to do. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, and what if somebody told you that before the birth of our first daughter, JC? Because you got, did, you never got Pitocin, did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah. So with JC, basically, we, what we did is we did go with a midwife, but we were in Chicago at the time. So we were with Northwestern. Right. And they um, were very honest in that they said that they will give you Pitocin yeah. to move things along. They said we got a lot of people coming in so, to have babies. So in that we, respect, I, I, I honored that, that at least they were honest about it right that it's a business and our our goal is to get healthy babies out 
timely. Right. And that, and that was, and of course, you know, this is I, what I like about our show is we're not um, coming from a perspective of you have to do this and these people are bad and these people are good. Like, I really like the balanced perspective of the hospital, the, you know, midwife group we worked with um, in Northwestern, that was their goal. Mm -hmm. Healthy me, mm -hmm. healthy baby, right. happy family. Right. So that was their goal. And I was really pleased with the care I got there. Mm -hmm. um, I think what the piece I didn't know um, as we were going through the process, as you and I, in that nine months, we learned a lot about what it was going to be like uh, or what pregnancy was like, but we didn't really talk a ton about the birth. We didn't talk, um, this was kind of a new experience for both of us. Right. But we were laughing yesterday when we were talking about what we were going to talk about today in that the very first appointment you had, <laughs> and you thought this was really funny, I um, I the I midwife know. came in and she introduced herself and she's like, okay, now, Kathy, I'm going to check you out. And I was so uncomfortable with that. And I even asked the midwife well, lady. Tell me, be more specific. What were you uncomfortable she with? She was with going to put her hands inside of you. To She was get, going to give me an exam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a little more appropriate. Well, I just, I figured that that's the, that's, isn't that the language that you use? I'm going to check you out now. I don't know. She, or well, maybe she just said, I'm going to, you know, give, give you an, an exam. exam. And I was very uncomfortable. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going to put her hands and fingers inside of you. And I even asked, I said, should I leave the room? Right. And she kind of laughed at me. Probably yeah. because I was a first-time father and I had no idea what to do. But right. as the time went on, it become became more and more natural to watch you get an exam, I guess. Right. But and it, I and I would I was saying. Oh, I'm sorry. In I'm the beginning, kidding. it was just very kind of awkward for me. Of course, and I understand that. I honestly can't remember how I was feeling. Maybe it was awkward for me to have you in there, but I don't. I didn't retain that memory. But what I said to you when you told me that story is from a female point of view, we've been going to gynecologists or doctors or midwives since we were 18, mm -hmm. or most of us have. So the whole idea of an exam, we've pretty much been doing that forever. But for you, you've never no, been no. up close and personal with something like that. No, no. And, I'm, and memories are starting to flow back now okay. because I remember it was kind of a no-win situation because at every exam, they would have you get on the scale. Yes. And it was not good not to gain weight. But when you did gain weight, you were like, oh, my gosh, I gained so much weight. Right. So there was no winning in that situation. I know. Those appointments. Because if you gain, like, one pound and you're supposed to gain, like, four, you'd be like, oh, my God, I only gained one pound. Right. The baby's not growing. Right. And then another one, you'd gain, like, 11 pounds. You're like, oh, my God, I'm so big or I whatever. Know. I know. And you just set yourself up for disappointment. Right. And and what do you do? Because that's a that's a procedural thing. When you go in, you get yourself weighed. It just, and you know we're talking about the first here, but by the time I had the second and yeah. the third, I no could care deal. less because, because I knew. New. But when you're new, you don't know how much weight you're going to gain. You don't know what you're what it's supposed to be like. You don't know that things fluctuate. You know, one thing I do remember is there was like a, an appointment I had where I think I had gained like 15 pounds. Right, and you freaked and out. And I was like, oh my gosh! But that was one of those times and like there was a big growth spurt. don't some women gain like 80 pounds like some crazy number or is oh that... sure honey people gain hundreds of pounds in pregnancy like everybody is different and everybody responds differently to pregnancy and it's not always because of the food that they're eating right. like there's a lot of different variables i mean sometimes that's the issue but people's body you know there are some people who are super super skinny skinny and their body needs to keep that fat on mm -hmm. because they need that the baby needs that right. so um so yeah everybody's body responds differently and that's the other reason you know we talk about on the show how books can really cause you distress as much as the books are there to help you if you're reading books 
you know, while you're pregnant, like this is supposed to happen, this is supposed to happen, this shouldn't happen, then you are so fearful mm -hmm. of so many things. And if, you know, it says if you're gaining too much weight, it could mean this, or if you're not, it could mean this. And so we walk around in fear. Right. And again, jumping ahead here, by the time I had my third child, I didn't have any books around. Right. You got rid of the books. And I'm just, uh, I'm kind of all over the place here, but from a diet perspective, your diet was a much better on the third one than the first one. Didn't, don't you feel like you used the first one as it was all new and you just figured that was your license to eat whatever it is you wanted? I don't think I, so. I will tell you on your third one, you ate unbelievably nutritious food yeah. almost all of the time. I think with the first one, I, I ate whatever I could that I felt good about. Meaning like, you know, I'm so sick in the first month or in the first three months that I just ate what I could keep down and I didn't have a really, I didn't have a really wide array of things I liked. You I, ate bread and cheese and, and pasta and toasted oatmeal squares. Yeah. And a lot of pot bellies, I think. But um, anyway, regardless, we're getting off subject here. So with the first one, mm -hmm. um, we went into the experience learning a lot about pregnancy, but not as much about birth. And, but the whole time we went to a midwife group because I really wanted to have my first baby in a tub right? in the hospital. Right. Which Northwestern offers. Right. So you and I went through this process. Like I had all these tests done to make sure I could do it in the tub. <laughs> Once that time came, mm -hmm. I, do you remember this? We were in the hospital room and they didn't have a tub room for me. Right. And so they, we were like, um, okay, well just get me somewhere. Cause right. I was already like five centimeters right. or something. And then by the time a tub room had opened up, I was like, do not touch me. Right. Do not move me. Yeah. The way I describe you, you were a raw nerve. Oh my gosh. And Don't even talk loud in my presence when I'm about to give birth. Well, it wasn't even the talking loud. It was like, and I, I remember you, I felt like you were going to pull the railing <laughs> off of the hospital bed because it was so, you were, you were in some distress. Well, and what's so important about sharing that is that I didn't, first of all, first baby, I didn't know what was happening. Mm -hmm. I didn't have, I had my midwife there, but she was in and out because there was another birth going on and I didn't have a doula, right. which I don't know if everybody listening knows what a doula is, but um, I don't think I can do it justice with one sentence because doulas do so much. But basically, they're there as the advocate for the birthing woman. Right. And so they are there to not only help them through the birth process and guide them and support them, but to advocate on their behalf uh, with the hospital to help the dad. Mm -hmm. Because the birth process involves the dad, too, to take care of whatever needs to be taken care of um, so the birth process can go smoothly and mm -hmm. naturally. So I didn't have a doula. Mm -hmm. And um, and I had you, but you were just as green as I was. Yeah, I had no know. idea what I was doing. I mean, I, I went to the class, the, the two-day class right. or whatever it was, right. where they kind of make you walk around with that bowling ball just to see what it's like. To, <laughs> you had to put on, you had to strap on that thing. Yeah, that big backpack thing that's yeah. really heavy to, yeah, to show how hard it is to walk around with a baby inside you. So, yeah, I mean, I did that. Little, little weekend course thing, but it really didn't prepare me for what was about to happen. Right. And when I was in the midst of that, when the pain was as intense as it was, and because I didn't have any preparation for understanding natural birth, mm -hmm. when they came in and said, do you want an epidural? I was like, you bet I do. Yes. I mean, get the, stop this pain. Well, and here's the thing. Um, I remember talking to a good friend, friend of mine named Mike. Uh, his last name is Phillips. He's a good friend. Hi, okay. Mike, if you're listening. And he had a baby before I did. And he said, get the epidural because you want to be able to be present and enjoy the birth of this child. Who didn't tell us that? Everybody told Everybody us that. Everybody told us that. So that made total sense. Now, sure. fast forward a few pregnancies, we 
you chose not to do that, and, and hopefully we'll get to the point we'll of, get to of how you right. got to that. But in that moment, we weren't we weren't in a position to have any type of no. natural childbirth. No, and that's the point I'm getting to is even though the, that was kind of our plan, mm-hmm. once we were in it, we were not prepared. Mm-hmm. And and I'll say we, I know I wasn't right. because it was intense. I was scared. Um, and I didn't feel like I knew what was going on. Right. So if a, if someone comes in and says, you want to be medicated for this so you can enjoy it, I'm mm-hmm. like, you bet I do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then I pushed for two hours, which was intense, but, it was you a long know. two hours. And then out came you. the beautiful J.C. Inga. There she came. Yeah. And um, I'll, I'll speak to the dads for a second. Most, a lot of my friends, um, when the baby came out, they talked, told, me, told me stories about how you just start bawling and crying your eyes out. I was not like that. I don't know if I was too present or not present enough, but I was happy, but I did not have this um, this flow of emotion. And then I started second-guessing myself. What's wrong with me? Mm. Why do I not, why am I just not completely enamored with what just happened? And all the only reason I say that story is if there's dads out there that are going to have a kid soon or had a kid and feel guilty because they didn't have this burst of emotion, it's okay. It is. Because if you if you're trying to get emotional, that's no good. Yeah, you that's just kind of allow it to happen, and the way it happens is the way it's supposed to happen. But I carried this guilt for a while that um, I didn't have this burst of emotion. Fast forward even a few months, and hopefully we'll talk a little bit about this. Is when that baby comes out, all it does is take, take, take. It, it, it takes from your body. It takes from your wife. It's it's just so dependent on us as caregivers and. We're not really getting anything back. That's so true. And it takes a while to, um, for me to really fall in love with my child because they just took and took and took and took. Once I started self-personality coming along, that's when I started to fall in love with my daughter. Well, and we talked about yesterday that when you have a baby, at least I'll speak from the woman's perspective, there is a primal love that occurs where you know you want to, or you know, most want to nurse. You know that you need to protect that baby. There is a primal love. But I think the mental, the part where it starts to flow and you, you realize how much you love this child and how connected you are, comes oftentimes later. And so what you just said about how dads feel bad, Mm-hmm. There are moms uh, who yeah. feel the exact same way. They have a baby and everyone tells them, oh, you're going to love this baby and it's, there's going to be nothing like it. And all of a sudden you, the baby comes out and you're kind of like, uh, yeah. I'm not feeling that, that surge. And there's so much guilt that goes with that. And that's normal too, mm-hmm. um, especially if you've had a stressful birth um, you know, or a lot has happened. Sometimes you have to be in a self-care mode where you got to get yourself back in shape so you can get that baby, you know, help that baby attach. And um, there's just a lot of, you know, there's a lot of elements that go into it. Right. Um, so the whole guilt thing is huge waste of energy mm-hmm. because it's very normal to feel any of those ways. Right. Don't let, and this is why books can screw you up again. Don't let anyone tell you how you're supposed to feel. If you read enough books, they'll all contradict each other, including what we're telling you here. Just right. because we're saying something doesn't make it the truth. We're just simply, we're just telling our experience. Right. And maybe that will, um, you know, you'll get a connection with that or maybe you won't, but just trust your own intuition in your own gut and don't second guess yourself right and and know that it will come right because of course it comes yep. you know of course that this is your child Remember, I, i'm just now remembering when you were going through labor at home because they said they all say labor at home for, for as long while. as you can right. because it's a long time especially with the first one and you every time a contraction came you'd get up and start walking around right because you thought i didn't know how to do it you didn't know how to do it and i said you want to lay down you're gonna have to conserve your energy you're like no no this is the way i want to do it and then finally i got you to lay down one time you're like 
Oh yeah, that one's better. <laughs> that one's better. It's better doing it this and way. And we just—it's just so funny to reflect on those two people mm-hmm. because there were so many things we could have been doing mm-hmm. at home. You know, you're rubbing my back. Mm-hmm. I could have gotten in the tub, mm-hmm. but we were so in a state of panic. First thing you did was like get in the shower and start blow drying your hair and I stuff. I know. That's, oh my gosh. All girls. I don't know that person. I, I think a lot um, of girls do that. We though. do. Well, there's something about being ready. I think there's a nesting thing. When I say I don't know that person, I don't mean to sound negative to myself, but I was more concerned about I got to be ready. I got to be ready versus allow Mm -hmm. allow Mm -hmm. you know just this is you know just roll with it relax take care of yourself you know we were we were following a strict guideline of how we think it should be right birth is never you can plan it all you want and you should have a birth plan but be okay when it doesn't go that way but the plan is strictly for a guideline because it you can't plan how a birth is going to be and can we, because of time, let's, can we move into talking about Cameron and, Cameron. and her experience? Sure. So Cameron, where JC was two weeks late and we kind of went through a big process, Cameron decided to become, decided to come three weeks early. Right. And my water broke. Yeah, because we were I peed watching my The pants. Amazing Race. We were. And I thought I peed my pants and yeah. I kept saying, no, my water didn't break. I'm just peeing my pants. And the doctor's like, because I was on the phone <laughs> with the doctor, he's like, is it just a little bit of pee or is there a lot of stuff? I'm like, I think there's a lot of stuff. He's like, yeah, sounds like her water broke. <laughs> You're just so in denial. I'm like, but this is three weeks early. Right. Um, but we got in and um, to, to the hospital, and basically it was the same kind of experience. We actually did not use a midwife with Cameron. We used a doctor. We were at Elmhurst. Right down the street. Right down the street. And they were wonderful mm-hmm. as well. Um, but we were under, in a situation where there was a lot of women giving birth that night, and I was told to hold yeah, the, the do- baby the, doc- in. the doctor was delivering a different baby, and they're like, just hold on. For, a nurse told me to hold For the baby. five minutes. He'll be in five minutes. And I can't imagine what that's like, but oh that's got to be not good stuff that you hear. Well, you talk about ripping off a railing. Mm-hmm. I remember being like, like, pull it, like my hips were up in the air, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding. I mean, talk about the opposite of natural birth. Hold the baby in. Well, and, and to take all the guesswork out of it, you know, if I think we're done having babies, but if we were to have another one, we we shoot for a natural birth of and course. where there's no doctors and doulas and midwives right. and all that. Because I mean, how messed up is that? You're in a hospital. <laughs> you're supposed to do what the doctor says, and the doctor is telling you, even though you're 10 centimeters dilated, to hold it. <laughs> And the reason that you had to hold it was because the doctor wasn't there. Wasn't there. And you know what finally happened, though? I don't know if you're going to remember this, but I basically said, I can't do this. And, and the nurse cleared off a table. Mm-hmm. She was really good mm-hmm. because she was, she was, she need, you know, probably for liability reasons, she's not supposed to be doing this. But she cleared off a table and she said, if that baby's going to come, go ahead. And mm-hmm. you got down there mm-hmm. oh, because yeah. you were going to help too. Right. And then I actually, I, I'll tell this story because yeah, finally the doctor comes, came in. Right. And he didn't even. Uh, ask me this question. He said, okay, uh, your baby's about to come. Get down there and receive your baby. Yeah. Now, if he would have said, this is a big deal. Are you ready to do this because it's a really big thing? I would have been like, wait, what, 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 what? But because he was very cool about it, he's like, okay, your daughter's coming. We didn't know it was a girl, right. but your, your baby's Your child coming. is coming. Right. It's time to receive your baby. And I was the one who received yeah. um, Cameron, and it was an awesome experience. And the fact that the doctor was so cool about it. He was so low-key. That made that gave me the license to not get all anxious about it. And if that would have happened with the first one, I think I would have said, no, sorry, doctor, you take it. But <laughs> because much. I was already familiar with it, it made it easy for me to say, okay, if that's what you think I should do, then that's what I should do. And I did it. You did. And then she was on my chest. Like, mm. it was, it's interesting because we had a lot of things, like, where we wanted one thing to be kind of natural and then we ended up doing this one in the doctor's office, but it was a little more natural right. in that you received the in baby. The in the hospital. Ba- yeah, in the right. hospital. And that the baby came up on me. And, and that one was, 
um, it it was pretty free flowing. But I a, did have an epidural. Right. And yeah. It was a lot less pushing. Yeah. Like did you, what, have an, 20 you had minutes? an epidural with the first one too? Did you? I did, okay. and I I did not have pitocin with the second one, but I did with the first one. And right. again, that was just procedure, standard procedure. They give it to you right when you come in. Okay. And so you know, so Cameron was born, and she was three weeks early, but there's no problem. She mm-hmm. was ready. You right. know, sometimes those due dates are wrong. Right. FYI, they don't know. They don't know when that baby's supposed to come. And so she came, and she was about six pounds. Mm-hmm. She was a little bean, but right. she was plenty. You know, she was fine. There was mm-hmm. no issue. So then we decided to have Skylar. Number three. So, well, actually, number three, I will share that I had a miscarriage. Right. Um, when we decided to have a third baby, I had a miscarriage, and uh, which was very devastating. And, um, you know, we had to, we waited a little bit of time after that because I needed to kind of grieve that loss and um, kind yeah, of process and we, through that. We, we actually can have a whole show about how to deal with miscarriages, and they happen so much more frequently than anybody oh, knows yeah. about. People don't and talk about it. Maybe them. we'll talk about that in another yeah, show. Yeah, I but think that's a good topic. That uh, Because that was extremely difficult, yeah. and I wish I would know now what I didn't know then, which right. was just support you and let you be sad, and instead I tried to fix it. Right. So if there's any and Dad's, tried to give me the it happened for a reason thing. It happened which, for a reason, oh, yeah, and yeah, we'll yeah. have another one, and that's the last thing that you want to hear. You, you just hear. wanted to be sad. You lost a child. Yep. End of story. You need to grieve it. And once we were able to grieve it, we mm-hmm. went through some time. And then, um, you know, by the grace of God, we were pregnant again. Right. And we, um, Skylar, I just, I just had a big shift. I actually read a book uh, by Christiane Northrup uh, called Mother Daughter Wisdom. Mm-hmm. And the whole first beginning of the book was all about natural birth. And it spoke to me um, in such a different way than what I understood natural birth to be when I was pregnant with JC. It really explained how wise women's bodies are and how they know exactly what to do and how this baby is so wise and that we do a lot of directing when a baby is coming, but the truth is everything is already taken care of. Mm-hmm. Everything knows what it's, it, it, that doesn't mean that there aren't issues that arise. Like people will say, but what about my birth story? I know things can happen, but a lot of times those happen because there's already interventions in place. There's yep. already Pitocin in your body. There's already an epidural. So we've already intervened on the natural process. The Western medical model is not perfect. It's not perfect. So that's, that's we'll the, say that in the nice the way. That's the nicest way I can say it. Um, but basically I, I did everything that I wanted to do the first time. Um, I had a doula, I found a midwife's group, um, that was fantastic and had an alternative birthing center, um, in their hospital. So I knew I could actually have the birthing experience I wanted without having to argue, you know, my, what I wanted to do. I also, one of my best friends, Amy was, um, she's a, she's a doula, but she's also a Bradley instructor. And so she kind of gave me the whole educational process of what I'd go through, which was so important. I did hypnobirthing. I did hypnobirthing tapes. And so I, you know, got my body and my mind ready for the process. It was fantastic. The one thing I remember that Hutch told you that you really held on to was that when you are 10, when, when you're nine centimeters dilated, you are going to want to say, make this pain go away. You're going to, she said, when you are nine centimeters, you will ask for an epidural right. because it will be so intense that not just the pain, but the fact that it's, you're about to crown, the baby's right. about to come, that whole thing is intense. And she said, just know that's going to happen. And because you knew that that, if that, if and when that happened, it seemed more normal yes, to you. Then I'd know that it, and even if I asked for it, my doula would be there to say, remember, this was, this, was, this is what will happen and we'll get through this and breathe and right. use your tools and all that kind of stuff. So, so it was really fantastic. When I say it was fantastic, I mean the process of learning mm-hmm. because I became a lot more, I think, grounded as a woman. Right. Like I felt like, wow, I have this amazing body 
and um, you know things happen I'd had a miscarriage sometimes things don't work the way, exactly the way they're supposed to but I trust that that this is flowing as it should and I just and you were part of it you know you rubbed my back you rubbed mm -hmm. my feet you learned the things that I learned the way I described it is you went inward like instead of shrieking in pain every time a contraction came you got really really quiet and I, I like I didn't know the reason that the birth story is as crazy as it is because we were so close we didn't know how close we were to when Skyler was going to show up. Right. And I was actually speaking not just of when I gave birth, but the nine months I was oh, pregnant. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. like you, that's when you learned the process with me and right. went through it with me. And so basically, I'm going to really skip over a lot of things to get to the gist of this story. But basically, I finally went into labor two weeks late because mm -hmm. Skyler decided to come two weeks late, too. Mm -hmm. Right. And we weren't sure. I was in labor. I actually did the trick of the, uh, my midwife's like, have a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. And if it relaxes, then, you know, or it dis dissipates, then you know it was just a big contraction or, Bra or Braxton Hicks. But if it doesn't go away, mm -hmm. and so that's kind of fun at the end of pregnancy to play with that. And I had like a half a glass of wine. I'm like, oh, God, I can't even, you know, it was happening. Right. So we kind of left a little later than we should. We took a little while to call <laughs> Christine, your sister, yeah. to come. So we, so... It took a while, a little bit too long. A little too long. And I said, when we're about to get in the minivan, when Christine showed up, I said, you want to say goodbye to the kids? And you didn't, you're like, <laughs> I was in primal mode. You were in primal mode. And I mode. laid down in the back of the car. And the thing is, is this alternative birthing center that we found that's so amazing was in Oak Park. Yes. And we live in Elmhurst, and that's a good 20-minute drive. So we jumped in that car, and we... You were laying in the back of the van. I was laying in the back. And I was so excited because I could blow red lights for the first time <laughs> because I could say my wife is in labor. For so real. I was excited. It was like a movie. So I blew through red lights, and it was fun. I did it cautiously, but I did it. And then you're like... it was the middle of the night. You probably already Middle said of the that. night, two in the morning, yeah. or four in the morning. And you said, oh my gosh, I think this baby is coming. I said, I have to push. And I said, Kathy, <laughs> for Cameron, they told you to hold it for five minutes. You We're three that, minutes right? away. Uh -huh. If you can hold it for five minutes, then we'll be at the emergency room and we'll be under supervision of doctors or whatever. And Midwives. Midwives. And so we pulled up to the hospital and I said, okay. When you said that to me, I said, no. Yeah. I was like, absolutely. Like, I, I am wait. not holding. You're I'm like, doing this. I feel this. like this baby's coming. I said, okay, we're here. We got right. to the hospital. There's a wheelchair there. I said, get on the wheelchair. You're like, if I sit on this wheelchair, I feel like I'm going to sit on the baby's head. I said, Kathy, you're not going to sit on the baby's head. Well, and the thing is, is I'm laying down in the back. I knew I had pushed this baby's head. Out. I didn't mm -hmm. say I think. Mm -hmm. I got, I, I remember this very intently because I felt like strong woman, hear mm -hmm. me roar. They pulled me out. There was a guy with the wheelchair and you, you guys were pushing my shoulders down mm -hmm. into the wheelchair. And I said, no, mm -hmm. the baby is out. And then here's the, here's the best part of the story. Don't interrupt me yet because okay. this is the angel part. Okay. So we're at the emergency room. The doors open and there happens to be a gurney there. Mm -hmm. Now, this is one of those emergency rooms where you have to walk kind of far to get in. There happened to be a gurney there. It was like my angel moment. I walked in, laid down on that thing. And, and we started carting you towards the emergency room or whatever. And the nurse said, look there. There's a head there. And you're wearing this, these gray stretch pants. Yeah, they were like yoga And she pants. pointed at your crotch. And there was nice. what, your vagina. What do I say? <laughs> I pointed at your in area. Your area. And Skylar's head was bulging out of your yes, stretch pants. she was coming. And they, they cut your pants off. And the doctor said, 
give it a push. You gave it one push and out, out Skyler came. I don't even remember pushing, to be honest with you, because from what I remember hearing is that Skyler came out in her bag of water. Yes. Yeah, so yes. she was like... The water had never broken. Yeah, the water never broke. She came out in it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, whoop, like yep. free flow. She just slithered out. And so I was like kind of in shock mm-hmm. because it was, you know, so quick. And, you know, our midwife didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Our doula didn't make it. No, our plan was... Our plan was shot. You, She was delivered in the emergency room at Oak Park That's Hospital. That's right. Or I always say she was delivered in the, in the back of our van because the truth was, was out. she was part way out and they just helped her get out and you know that kind of thing so it was a really amazing story and what you just said about before about it being stressful mm-hmm. the, it, the interesting part is when I tell that story to people they get all freaked out and they say well that's why you don't do natural birth and I completely disagree because I was not scared at all no you does, had it under control does that mean that it wasn't intense of course it was intense I was delivering a baby for crying out loud but the, there was no fear. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. And I'm someone who knows fear, believe mm-hmm. me. And it was as clean and, well, it wasn't clean at all, but it was mm-hmm. as normal mm-hmm. and pure. I, pure. That's, thank you. What a beautiful word. Mm-hmm. It. I knew exactly what was happening. That baby knew what was happening and we flowed with it. Yep, so sure that's did. the beauty. And so anyways, it was an awesome experience. We That half hour flew by as fast as it possibly could. So I'm going to do the movie line Please real quick. Please do. So bear with us. It's kind of long, but it's worth it. It's worth your time. Well, I like the way we hair. We're natural. That's good, man. You know, I wish more of the young children today would wear their hair natural like Dr. Martin Luther King did. That's right. You ain't never seen Dr. Martin Luther King with no mess of Jerry Curl on his head. Ain't that right? Amen. Dr. King ain't come and walk around like that. You know, sweet, I met Dr. Martin Luther King once. And you lying. You ain't never met Dr. Martin Luther King. Yeah, I met Dr. Martin Luther King in 1962 in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm walking down the street, minding my own business, just walking off, feeling good. I walk around the corner, man woke up, hit me in my chest, right? I fall on the ground, right? And I look up, it's Dr. Martin Luther King. I said, Dr. King. He said, oops, I thought you were somebody else. If you know what that's from, uh, get on our Facebook page. I love that movie. And uh, we're pretty much out of time. So right. with that, we will see you guys next week. This is Todd Adams. And this is Kathy Adams. Have a good week. Adios.